Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
Thunder shook the building, the stone and metal skeleton of the place trembling, as if fearful of the sky's booming decrees. Voren shot up from his bed, sweat slicking his body. He hated storms. He would only figure he'd be tasked with exploring a place, constantly plagued by them. He was having another nightmare about Green Lake, his body helplessly floundering in its emerald depths. He could still hear that haunting song, that melodic aria that filled his world that day and every day after. He looked about in the dark, glad for the emptiness, the solidity. Echoes of clapping water sounded in the back of his head, the voice of an endless sea whispering somewhere beyond. He knew there was still a piece of it in him, some trickle of befouled water intermixed with his DNA. He could feel it. He often worried if it might grow and gestate like some monstrous fetus until it consumed him whole. He didn't like to show the others, but was constantly frightened. Like a bizarre case of tinnitus, he could always hear the faint perturbation of water as if his ear were perpetually propped up against a conch. Most thought he liked books because of what he was, what he could do. But the truth was, they transported him away and supplied dry land where there was only murky water. Vorin started to get up, considering walking around the place to clear his head, when he heard a noise below the bed skirt. He looked over the edge of the bed and saw a long, slithering form squirming out of the blackness. At first, he was only mildly taken aback, thinking it was simply a pest problem, a rogue snake that had made its way into the building. But then the room filled with the sound of crawling bodies and scales rubbing up against the polished floor. Soon the room was flooding with serpents, their tongues darting in and out, tasting the stale air. Thousands seemed to crowd the room, flooding over the edges of Vorn's bed, almost drowning him in a mountain of snakes. Suddenly, they all rushed toward the center of the room, coalescing into a vaguely humanoid shape. Atop the strange, shambling body, a head began to form, a giant, cobra-like hood growing behind it. Finally, two eyes opened, ovular yellow oceans, each separated by endless black chasms. Hundreds of undulating serpents shifted to form a mouth, a grinning thing with fangs peeking from its lips. Warren was frozen, abject terror gripping him. The figure slowly lifted its arm, offering him its writhing hand. Its fingers were outstretched vipers, venom seeping from their yawning maws. They hissed in unison, a Melfic greeting. There were promises in the air, wafting upon the hot breaths of hundreds of serpents. Promises of relief, promises of power, promises of vengeance. Before he knew it, Vorn found his hand almost grasping it, his digits eager to seek the coils of so many ravenous things. Then he pulled his hand back, stuffing it beneath the covers to shield them from further enticement. The thing simply tilted its undulating head and laughed. (laughs) Out from its cackling mouth poured putrid green liquid, a deluge of emerald water pooling on the floor, quickly filling the room. Vorin tried to scream, but nothing came out, his throat emptied of sound and the pleas they would indeed articulate. The rancid water deepened, and the snakes that were once bound together into a ghastly shape came undone, swimming in the fetid depths. He began to hear the sound of crashing tides against the shore, the song of worlds drowning, 
the caterwaul of suns being extinguished by a cosmic green flood. The water was up to his chin now, and all he could hear was the cosmic discord of drowning galaxies and the chortle of a million serpents. Boren tried to steal himself, break himself from the seal of fear, and submerge himself beneath the brackish water. He feverishly swam toward the door, snakes swimming about him, wrapping about his limbs like the tentacles of a squid. He struggled against their tightening grip, reaching for the bedroom door, desperate to open it. He screamed, and his voice became bubbles, his hand vigorously trying the knob. Just as he was about to pass out, the door opened, and Voren spilled out into the hallway. Jesus, Voren, what the hell's wrong? Are you okay? What's wrong, man? Talk to us. Snakes. There were snakes everywhere. They are flood. My God. A green flood. Just like... Vorn was trembling, fear quaking his body. Wesley had seen him like this before, at the swamp. Then he remembered Vorn's awakening experience in Green Lake. It's okay, Vorn. It's okay. You're, you're safe. It was just a nightmare, man. Just, just one of your nightmares. No, it wasn't a nightmare. The, the snakes, the, there were goddamn snakes everywhere. They formed a, a man. Or, or something else. Foreign's words reminded Wesley of what he saw a while back. The face made of snakes, and the river of serpents Sal saw. Wesley looked at Riva and Moffat. Jesus, we've seen this before. I saw it before we arrived in the pits of Dyer, and... Sal, he, he saw the river of snakes after we lost Riva. What the hell is going on? Yes, I remember. What it means, however, is beyond me. Well, it sure as hell isn't a hallucination or a coincidence. Have either of you seen anything? No, I've not yet had the pleasure. River simply shook his head as he held Vorin, who was starting to calm down, his shaking becoming a mild tremble. What about our new benefactor? Or should I say our new commander-in-chief? Do I have that right, Moffat? Ah, yes. There are the barbs I've grown accustomed to. But yes, perhaps it knows more about these strange visions. It surely has something to do with the prince, but I don't know what. Yeah, another thing we have to take your word for, I suppose. You and the words I don't know seem incompatible. River put his hand between the two bickering men, aggressively signing for the two to stop. Wesley shot Moffat a disgusted glance and then returned his attention to River. You think you'll be okay? River solemnly nodded and began to assist Vorin to his feet slowly guiding him back to his room. Then, there was just Moffat and Wesley standing in the dark hallway. You know he's lying, Wesley. We can wring the truth from him right now. We can drag him into the dark of your room and cut, squeeze, tear, and rip the truth from him. And then what? How happy do you think the Ambarian will be with its hope for conquest torn apart, huh? You think it's just gonna... (laughs) Let us walk away? We can handle the Umbarian. And the army of Chimera that now has at its back? Not to mention a city full of loyal Belfine. Can we handle all of them? You underestimate me, little Wesley. I fought in the war primordial. I doused sons with the blood of beasts who could devour mountains and piss oceans. The Chimera, the Belfine, the fucking Umbarian. 
all mere scraps upon my plate. And yet you're stuck in a little human who doesn't weigh more than 150 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> You'll have to excuse me if I think you might be overselling yourself. We shall see, little Wesley. <laughs> we shall see. Hesperius slunk back into the darkness of Wesley's mind, a grin fading into the abyss of his deeper psyche. Wesley came back, forgetting that he was standing in front of Moffat, who was looking at him with a coy smile. Good night, Dr. Morgan. Have a pleasant night. With that, Moffat slowly sauntered off to his room, disappearing behind his bedroom door. Wesley stood there alone the cold of the place causing his skin to pimple. He sighed and returned to his room, the prospect of a long night ahead. The subtle pitter-patter of rain against the window pane slowly urged Wesley from sleep. He slipped his legs over the bedside and began to dress. He was both eager and hesitant to hear what the plan was. Were they now part of this Umbarian's army? Despite his anger at Moffat, he was right. They couldn't go on much longer by themselves, even with River back by their side. But what was the cost? From what he had seen and what Hesperius had told him, this Umbarian creature wasn't exactly stable. He didn't know what, but something was wrong with it. Wesley finished dressing and exited his bedroom. Just as he was about to descend the stairs, he heard Vorin's door open. His footsteps echoed in the hallway. Hey, uh, you okay? Yes, yes, I'm... I'm better now. Still a bit rattled, but better. Glad to hear it. Uh, where's River? He went to check on Silvertor a while ago. I think he might be up and about. Uh, that'd be a nice turn of luck, huh? The two men continued their discussion as they descended the winding stairs. At the bottom stood Moffat, River, and Salvatore, loitering in the overly garish hallway. Salvatore was still covered in bruises, but his face was much less swollen, his bones back in their proper place. A beating like the one he took would have killed an ordinary man, or taken him six months to recover. But Salvatore had healed spectacularly, considering. Wesley wondered if the recovery was due to the Umbarian's treatment, or a part of Salvatore's new... physiology. Hey, it's good to see you up and about, Sal. Yeah, you know what they say. You can't keep a good man down. Ugh. Ow. I've got so many questions for you, man, but... Ugh. I'm just glad you're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sure if all right is the right word, but, uh, I'm alive. Wesley could see a kind of sadness roiling behind Sal's eyes. But it was like it wasn't just his, but something else's. Like he was bearing the burden of two. <laughs> it looks like your little friend isn't alone. You mean, you mean he's like you and me? He's got some kind of entity living in his head? No. It seems to be a more seamless integration. It's like he's become one with whatever these Belfine bonded to him. <laughs> a clever trick, indeed. Jesus. 
Our new benefactor is waiting for us in the main hall. Shall we? I hope you know what you're getting us into. Well, I know what I got us out of. Is that good enough? Not if what you're getting us into kills us. Gentlemen, if we could please put our differences aside. I've had a long night and, quite frankly, I'm not in the mood for the banter. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, for it. Of course. Then what are we, hmm? Are we us, or are we I? Hey, I don't know. Perhaps it is one and the same. Perhaps we are all God, abandoned unto itself. No, no. None of it's right. We created us. We created it. We... we were meant to be endless. We are endless. But am I singular or us? What are we? What am I? The group looked at one another as the creature, split into a multitude of human forms, argued with itself. Uh, yeah, what the fuck? Moffat stepped forward and cleared his throat. <clears> throat> um, we're here, as promised. The thing quickly recoagulated into a monstrous human figure, strange wings spanning the room, its gelatinous appendages suddenly moving about. Yes, yes, of course. These lands are filled with serpent energy, as I'm sure you may have already suspected. Hence the population's various deformations, corruptions. As such, they are all children of the Prince, and they must all be destroyed. Or is it subsumed? Which is it? Never mind, never mind. Silence pervaded the room as the confounded men didn't know how to react. Not wanting to summon the ire of something as powerful as it, they decided to ignore it. But first I, or is it we, must take care of Amara's children. They scrape and bang at the doors of our city as we speak. They prohibit our mobilization. Wesley looked confused. And, uh, you want us to handle them? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but uh, we couldn't handle a handful of teched-out mad scientists. How the hell do you expect us to deal with them? This one is a fool. Why do we keep it around? Silence. I... we... are speaking. We do not expect you to fight Amara's children. I already have plans on how to deal with them. But we... what are we? We must... all of us... must provide you safe passage out of the city. Wait a second. We're... we're not staying here. No. There are still things we must know. If I were to move my army, it would give away my hand. No, I need a smaller group to seek out that knowledge. Hey, w wait a second. I thought the whole benefit of this deal was that we had protection. Now you're telling us we gotta fucking go back out there? Does it speak to us with such ire, vile little creature? You will still, still have my assistance. Yeah, like you did when Rivo was almost killed? As stated before, that was part of a plan. It will not be like that going forward. But, in case you have doubts, a gesture of good faith. The door suddenly opened, and Arco slumbered into the room. 
His face was stone, a permanent grimace hiding the arsenal of teeth grinding behind it. He looked at Wesley and the group, lingering on Salvatore, and then turned his red gaze towards his new master. Yes, my lord. Arcos, you are the pinnacle of the Belfian's technological accomplishments, and as such you will be reassigned to a new station, a more important one. But master, who will command? That responsibility will go to Damius, your second in command. Now, your new mission is to accompany these gentlemen on their journey. You will protect them with your life. But master Dam Damius is not fit. The decision is final. Well, you'll make interesting company at the campfire. What exactly do you want us to find out? I have conflicting reports about the Prince's presence. Some say he has already risen, while other sources claim he has yet to be reborn. We must know which it is. Mr. Cyrus Moffat has assured me he can do this. Has he now? He insisted upon it. Wesley shot Moffat a sharp glare, his anger slowly welling again. Cyrus simply raised his eyebrows and smiled. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I got a question. Uh, you know, uh, what exactly do we call you? I mean, uh, <laughs> you got a name, or do you prefer I just keep calling you Jellyfish Thing? Wesley noticed Salvatore had become more brazen, confident. He wondered if it was him or the thing inside him. Ah, oh, my, my name. Do we have one? Yes, yes, I, I believe we did once. What were we called? Umbarius? Um, Umbarial? Yes, yes, that seems right. No, no, no. We are the one in the many. Now they called us the false trinity. Wretches, we are. Uh, you know, never mind. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's no big deal. I think, uh, I, I, I think jellyfish thing will work just fine. Nervousness overtook the men again as they rapidly became aware of their strange new benefactor's psychology. When do we leave? It will take a few more days for your friend to fully heal. After that, your journey will begin. I see. Moffa stepped forward abruptly and clapped his hands together. Well, we appreciate the chart. Is that all? That is all, Mr. Moffat. Until next time. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anslone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. -E and if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythologies, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at Maltopia.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.